Hey everyone, it's Connectivity Time. We're here for episode 204, and with me today is Adam. Oh, hi. Adam. I, I thought you were going to say my last name. <laughs> no, I, I'm trying to get away from the last name thing. Oh, it's oh. Abu Nasser. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to say it. And uh, Brian Rose. What's up? Hey, uh, not much. How are you going, Brian? I'm doing good. It's been a while since you've been on connectivity. Yeah, it's been a few months. Mm. Yep. I've been doing my own thing, you know, just doing wrestling stuff. I do do the occasional video game podcast, but it's good to be back. So you do a bit of uh, backyard wrestling at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I do, I do wrestling podcasts like every week called the Fire Pro Podcast. Right. You cool. can check that out on Twitter if you're interested at, at that handle. So mm-hmm. oh, check hey, it out if you're interested. I think I follow you on Twitter. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know I do. But yeah. All right. So, yeah. um, video game wise, though, Brian, what have you been doing lately? Well, I have been playing um, Pokemon, and <laughs> it's kind of like a nerdy thing that I'm doing right now, but. So ever since the uh, Sun and Moon trailer came out, like a few, couple, uh, last week or two weeks ago, I've been into um, Pokemon again. So I've been playing through Pokemon Yellow. I'm I'm up to like um, Victory Road, and I'm really close to like getting to Leap Four. And all my Pokemon are at level fifty, so it's I'm like right there. But I kind of want to do like get them up to level sixty. Yeah, it'd probably be easier. To do yeah. that, I mean, you could probably scrape by, maybe, but you might lose like the last dude or something. You'd have to be a little bit conservative. Wait, mm. which Pokemon and are you playing? Yellow. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I chose that one because, um, I mean, I, I like red and blue, but I didn't want to like cheat. <laughs> I knew because I knew if I was going to play red and blue, I, I would do the Cinnabar Island trick. Yeah. Where you talk to the old man, then you, you do something, you fly to Cinnabar Island, and then you surf up and down until you come across a glitched Pokemon, and then um, you get, like, a bunch of one item or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that uh, would... That is... I guess that would make... That's... Com- no, it's completely kill, kill all, killed off in, in yellow. They, they do something that blocks it. I read recently there's actually, like, another way to do it in yellow, but I never... I never looked into it, so... I think there is, and I looked into it, and I think... it, it oh, You know, it has something to do with a uh, biker near um, Celadon, I mm. think. Not Celadon, I thought. Yeah, so yeah, it is Celadon. Mm. A biker or something like that. You have to, like... Um, it has to, it's, like, very frame-specific, where you'd have to, like, press pause, and then you... Yeah. And you'll go to the menu, then you exit the menu, then the guy, or then you press fly, and uh, right as he notices you, you'll fly away. Mm. I, I that's a little bit too complicated for for me to do. I, I think by the time I did my research on it, I was already past that point in the game. So yeah, yeah, I didn't do it. I'm playing it straight this time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna clear the leap four without any help whatsoever. You're playing it on the 3ds, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried the um, Pikachu surfing mini game? Because that's apparently unlocked uh, from the get go. I, I did hear that, but I haven't gone there yet. Mm. Um, I know it's where is it? It's in 
from it's in Fisher City, I think. Fisher? There's a guy down near the surf when you go down. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you get from yeah, that, doing that? The mini game mm-hmm. is the reward, I think. Yeah, oh. I think it's just like a mini game you, you do. Yeah, I always wanted I, I to play th- it. <laughs> I think the rule in the in the Game Boy Color version was like you have to get like a Pikachu, the new Surf. Then you, you'd go over there and um, you'd do Surf. I, I think it was like a promotional kind of thing. Yeah, but you had to you had to unlock the Surf and Pikachu in um, Pokemon Stadium first. Oh, that's there how you go. did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you do go jump all through all these all these hoops to like um, actually be able to get to the mini game. Yep. I never really played Pokemon Stadium all that much. I I, I played more like um, I played a little bit, but not like a ton. Mm. I was more into the GameCube ones. Mm. More than um, N sixty four ones. Yeah, I never owned the sixty four games back when they were current. I used to play at a friend's house, so we usually stuck to the mini games on that. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. No. Oh. But yeah, aside from Yellow, I've also been uh, just you know being a geek and like organizing my Pokemon collection. Like, I, I guess just to prepare myself for Sun and Moon, which comes out. I think it. I think they said the eighteenth of November or yeah, something like right. that. Very close. So um, yeah. In, in the meantime, just organizing my collection. And, Seeing what I have, what I don't have, I, I think I think from now until then I'm, just, I'm probably just gonna like, it, it, I think it's called uh, doing a living decks or, or something like that where oh no you just collect one you of collect, each Pokemon yeah one of each one yeah that seems yeah. impossible. Um, well, I'm more than halfway there. I think I checked my um, I, I'm using Ruby and the Ruby and Sapphire remakes as a as like my assistant or, or whatever for, for Pokemon count and yeah. um, I'm up to 640 mm-hmm. and I think it I think that I think the number right now is 718 yeah. or very close to that so oh, I'm, that's good. I'm pretty close yeah it's just um middle evolutions that, that's the toughest ones to get and uh, for some reason I don't have Mewtwo so oh I, I need to go look for a Mewtwo somewhere one of the games has it, probably like Heart Gold, or something like that. Um, yeah, Heart Gold has it, and X and Y have it post game. Oh yeah, where, can... where, where is it in, in X and Y? Um, the place you unlock after the Elite Four, there's like a cave or something. Um, I think so. Yeah, and you get like the the Mewtwo I or whatever the Mega Mewtwo thing. Oh right, yeah. Right, because there is Mega Evolutions of Mewtwo. Yeah, two of them. So you have to get two Mewtwo's, one holding each of the the Mega Stones. I know. I know. When, once I finish like doing the Living Decks, I might have to look into like uh, Mega Evolutions and stuff like that. Or you could do like uh, butterfly collectors do, and do like a Dead Decks where you hang them all like in frames. <laughs> yeah, there is a new a new Pokemon that's like that, that has like a bunch of different designs. Like um, what's it called? For, like the newest bug Pokemon? Villain, vil, 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 v- yes, Villain, vil, something. Villain, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not gonna get like that into it, but um, but yeah, that, that's what I've been doing. I think just like a like an hour before we started here, I was like just finishing up um organizing um the last two generations. I've already gone through the first four, 
Hmm. Now, in your Pokemon bank, is that where you're doing your living decks, or are you doing that in? Um, no, um, I'm, do, I'm, do, I'm doing it in um, in um, Ruby. Okay. Yeah, because um, then I, I have like a bunch of duplicates and shinies and, and stuff like that, just because you know want to trade and things like that. So I'm putting all those back in bank, and then I'll, I'll go through those later and see which ones I want to keep. Now, Brian, which because in the meantime. Uh-huh. Which which starter are you gonna get in Sun and Moon? That's a good one. I I've always done the wire starter ever since I I started red and blue, so I'm probably gonna get that one. But I I know everybody's all into the owl and into the, um, the fire one, but I I, I like the the water one. Um, what's it called? Uh, pop Poplio. Populon. Populion. Poplio. So some. <laughs> I know that's like the least popular one out, out of all of them, but I'm going to go with it because I'm not going to break tradition. <laughs> there you go. What do we think about the um, Sun and Moon reveal as well? I... I'm going to play it no matter what because it's Pokemon and I'm... Yeah. I've played like the last five, six generations, but just looking... I mean, it's, it's fine. I, I kind of like the setting. It kind of Reminds me a lot of Ruby and Sapphire, though, like like a tropical kind of setting. Mm. I mean, this is more like a more Hawaiian style of game than, than um, Ruby and Sapphire. That's kind of cool, but I don't. It kind of looks too much like the last generation, and not, not that I'm expecting like a giant graphical leap because it's since it's both on the same system. But mm. uh, I, I kind of want to see more. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit hard to tell still. Um... Like, it seems like they're going towards more of the, like, full-on third-person camera angles as well, but... Yeah, the dynamic camera stuff. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, like, the, 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 like, the region seems small. I don't know if there's, like, more to it than the, what they showed. Like, do you think there's going to be, like, other islands that you go to? Yeah, I think that's I think the starting so. town. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. That map they showed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I think there'll be more. I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, we haven't seen everything yet, but and I did see that map and it did look a little small, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, maybe they didn't show everything. Mm. I, I mean, we could, I guess it's just a waiting game to see if it's going to be longer or not. I mean, I'm sure it'll still be just as long as every other game. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I liked X and Y, but, um, yeah. I, I liked I, it. I'm not playing any Pokemon stuff until Sun and Moon now, because I need to yeah. try and get my motivation back, I guess. Oh, uh, you're not playing yeah. Pokemon Go? No. <laughs> no? Isn't that out there? I signed up I signed up for the beta. Yeah, I signed up. Brian, did you ever play Ingress? I've heard of it, but I didn't bother playing it. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm like into like the mainline games, but all these side ones that are mobile and things like that, I'm kind of not into. Because Ingress was the company making Pokemon Go's first game, and in the sign-up sheet, they asked for your username. So uh, I got a leg up on you, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old-school Ingress player. Uh, but with Sun oh. and Moon, the main thing that I want is if we have to travel... From island to island, there had better be more than like two water Pokemon. 
Because in like other Pokemon games, you're swimming, 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 swimming. It's like, oh, Tentacool, Magikarp, like just the same mm. things over and over again. Yeah, I hope we didn't have to surf between islands at least to like break it up with like a boat or something. Or have it Do like. Do we want a Have it like. I mean, here's a quick. Go ahead. Have it like uh, seaweed or deep water or something is where the Pokemon are. But in shallow yeah, so water, like there's parts no Pokemon. That you didn't encounter them or something. Yeah, that'd be really nice. My question is, do we want a lot of new Pokemon in this game? I mean, I know there's going to be new Pokemon and all. I mean, I'm not saying that, but it, should, should we, like, really want a bunch of new Pokemon since we're already at around mm. 700 plus now? I think they'll add a few, like, some new ones. Like, there might not be a lot, but... You know, yeah. it could be like forty new ones or something. No, they'd yeah. better. I mean, I, I mean, I'm. Go ahead. They'd better add like a million more Pokemon, and they all have to have really good designs. Or I'm going to be mad. Because <laughs> that's the I whole wish they'd point. Make, um, they should try and make other Pokemon, like the, you know, the other six hundred and something Pokemon, like that. Then they no, no one uses in competition and stuff. More useful, like um. You know, we'll just make them better. Try and balance out the using any Pokemon is like viable sort of thing. Oh, like change the stats yeah. and stuff. Yeah, well, you know, if someone wanted to use like Butterfree or something, it's like not really recommended. <laughs> they, like, yeah, they're, they're all in different tiers, mm. and Butterfree is probably like down there. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's all based on move pool sets and mm. abilities and things like. There's a lot of variables. Yeah. So, like, they can do little things, and all of a sudden, somebody who's in, the, like, the never-used tier suddenly, like, an uber-tier mm. kind of Pokemon. Yeah, that that'll be interesting to see if they shake that up a bit. That that, that would be cool. Yeah, didn't someone win the world championship with, like, uh, Pachirisu, like, two years ago or so? I think I've heard that, Yeah. Uh, that was great because it's just so cute, and he's winning <laughs> the world championship. Like if Ash actually won something with Pikachu. Well, okay, me to the anime. Pikachu should win all the time. Yeah, it's like level a thousand by now. But he it's loses my... all the time. Well, what does that say about Ash as a trainer? Yeah, Ash is a terrible trainer. He should have. Jeez, he's he's a bit. Well, I don't know. The the anime is weird. You know, I just watched um, the episode of Lieutenant Surge, and Pikachu did mm-hmm. not want to evolve. So it's Pikachu's fault. He wants to stay weak, yeah. little Pikachu. <laughs> he could have evolved and become <laughs> strong like Raichu, but he didn't. <laughs> this, like, a lot of his Pokemon don't evolve. Like, Bulbasaur never evolved. Yeah. I, th- I think it was the same thing, like, Bulbasaur didn't want to evolve. Yeah, yeah he yeah. went to the evolution party... And was like, oh no, yeah. thanks. I don't evolve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Adam, uh, uh, what have you been up to? Um. Uh, well, uh, once upon a time, I won a competition where I won a Shovel Knight amiibo for my friend Nick. And <laughs> then it got lost <laughs> in the mail. And I kept telling myself, oh, wait, like, you sent it? Yeah, they sent oh, it. They sent it you to sent me. It. And I, I never got oh. it. Oh, right. Yeah, I was really sad. <laughs> um, but I made a mental note to myself, like, well, you see Shovel Knight everywhere. You just got to grab one for Nick. Because, Nick, you never got a Shovel Knight, did you? No, I never found one. Okay. Um, 
and then they kind of got hard to find and I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? And then yesterday, no, like two days ago, I saw Shovel Knight and I was like, oh my gosh, I need it. Um, so I got a Shovel Knight for Mr. Nick. Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. I have to ship it out at some point, but I don't know how much it costs to ship things. I've never shipped anything before, so, but it's okay. It's safe here for now. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, but other than that, I just played Undertale. Uh-huh. I don't think I talked about it on here, uh, but pretty recently I just sat down and played it in like two sittings. Um, and I know people are say like, don't spoil anything for this game. So I'm going to spoil some things for this game, but I don't really think it matters. Um, so there's like every monster, you can either kill them or be their friend. So when I was playing it, I was like, oh, I'm going to kill everyone. So I, I killed everyone. <laughs> like as I went like, oh, that's such a cool character. I'm going to kill them. And then uh, I get to the end and it's like, oh, you got like the middle ending. And I was like, what? <laughs> I killed everyone. So then I Googled it and I found out that you have to not just kill everyone in the whole game, but you have to like hardcore grind in every area until random encounters stop. Wow. Like, you literally yeah. murder everyone. Every character. <laughs> well, so what happens if you're nice throughout the game? Uh, do you want to know, like, the ending? Um, oh, if you're nice really, throughout the game? I, I, um, so, yeah. I just played the middle one, but then when I was Googling, you become friends with everyone, and there's, like, an entirely different ending, and like, a bunch of stuff that I don't know about. I thought, like, oh, I beat the game. I can go watch, like, YouTube videos and stuff. And everyone <laughs> was like, this is my favorite character. We're best friends. We're getting married. I was like, what the fuck happens in this game that I missed? <laughs> uh, but I did find out that if you get the ending where you murder everyone, everyone, um, then you can never really get the ending where you don't kill everyone, everyone. Like, if you get the good ending after you already got the evil ending, then it's like, haha, that's cute, but you already murdered everyone. It's like, <laughs> oh, so I'm glad that I didn't actually murder everyone, because I want to get the normal nice ending, and then I'll go kill everyone. Um, but no, it's a... Yeah, that, that, that's been sitting on my Steam library for, like, the longest time I... That, I have such a big giant backlog of games that I need to play, and that's one of them. I beat it in, like, maybe four hours, maybe five. Yeah. Just not f trying to get any ending, just playing through it. And it is a blast. Like, the, have you seen anything about the combat system or anything? Um, I've played a little bit of it. So okay. So, I, I, I mean, I've, I've played it a bit, so I'm kind of aware of what it is. I mean, it's like you can either bow them or you compliment them. I I, I think or you you do something nice and and they go away. I don't know. I never right. did any of the nice things, so I don't know about that side. But when you're fighting people, there's like the line that goes by, and if you hit attack like right when you're in the middle of the screen with the line, you do the most damage. And when you get stronger weapons, you'll have like multiple lines that come across, and you got to hit them all. And then when they attack you, you're a little heart at the bottom of the screen, and you have to, like, move your little heart around to dodge all their, like, attacks. And 
at first I thought like, oh, this seems pretty simple. But then like as the game went on, I, it just got so creative with the little defense parts. Like I couldn't believe it. Like the little box you're in, like expands and change shapes and colors and oh my god, oh, it's beautiful. Um, but I remember it won like the internet poll, like the best game ever on like Game Facts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it can't be that good. But then I played it, and I was like, uh, okay, maybe it it might be that good. Like, I have a lot of really strong memories with Ocarina of Time, and I love that game a lot. So I always thought that that was just going to win it every year. But maybe not everyone has those same strong memories. Well, but, anyone yeah. born after 1998... Probably doesn't care that much, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, they probably played the remakes on the 3DS. Yeah. Well, at least that. I mean, Nintendo really re-releases so much stuff that I think people born in the late 90s and, you know, younger kids will probably like these games. I don't know. My cousin is a pretty cool kid, and I got him Ocarina of Time 3D when he was the same age that I was when the original one came out, which is like maybe nine or ten and he was not into it he beat like the deku tree and then he was done he went back to like call of duty and i was like <laughs> damn it kid like come on please please be awesome so i don't know maybe like the kids today just don't get it you know um i guess it's just a different um time i mean well you know what's popular these days is um Mobile titles and Call of Duty, you know, annual franchise series, games like that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the Nintendo still is still pretty relevant, irrelevant, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's not like it used to be, I guess the saying is, but th- then again, I mean, uh, people who played, you know, Atari would say that about us, um, you know, when we were that age. Yeah, I wonder I if people in 98 were going, ah, Atari was way better. Yeah. The quest <laughs> on the Atari was better than Ocarina of Time. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so much simpler. Yeah, so much simpler. So it's more, more immediate, you know? It's like, yeah. you just move your little square and that's it. Now you have to go through dungeons and stuff. Man. Listen to the stupid tree talk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so speaking yeah, speaking of Ocarina of Time, actually, I've been playing it again recently. Um, well, I, I picked it back up again. I left it at the Water Temple for a while, and yeah. then a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll play a bit more. So I'm up to, I'm halfway through the Spirit Temple now, and I'm playing the version, like the first version of the game now. So it has like the original Fire Temple music, and those unchan- those some of the graphics like d- designs are... Oh, unchanged. And really? Is Gana it Gadol's gonna have the red blood at the end, which I'm gonna go see. Is it gold? <laughs> what? Is it gold? Yeah, it's gold. Nice. Because the one when the they changed it, they were I gray. Think the first ones. Yeah. The later releases were gray, weren't they? Yeah, when they changed the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, it's fun. The Shadow Temple, the Shadow and Spirit Temple. I don't know, they seem easy now, like, 
I guess when you first play the Shadow Temple, it might be a little harder because there's lots of invisible walls and things, but um, the Spirit Temple just seems really easy. There's not much to it, really. It's like pretty straightforward. But it is cool going back as a kid. I always liked um, the late game, sort of an extra little child dungeon section. That was always cool. Well, everything's yeah. easy after the Water Temple. <laughs> I never. I mean, I guess it's because I played it on the virtual console and I used um, save states and stuff like that. But I didn't find it to be like super hard. I mean, it was kind of confusing. I think that's the better term I would say it is. But the problem with the water temple I always have um, is like you're going strong for a while, then there's just like one key that you like yeah. don't have for a door or something, and you just like start searching everywhere for it, and I don't know. It's just some of the there's like always one key that I forget or miss or whatever. It it helps have walk through. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I generally and, just and, 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 and I <laughs> I admit I know I know a lot of people like to not use walkthroughs or save states or things like that, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I could, okay, I could imagine like people complaining about the War Temple if they didn't have all that. I I use both and. It still was confusing at times, and it, it was kind of difficult, but it wasn't, like, super difficult, mm. like people say it is. Well, it's my... hard to visualize um, in your memory the, the Water Temple layout, I think, because you've got that central room, and then you've got, like, four doors going in each direction on each level, basically. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're like, uh, which path does this... Where does this door go? Uh, sometimes you forget how they connect yeah. together. Yeah, and if you keep getting lost, then it can become really time-consuming. And one of the big problems with Zelda games is saving in dungeons. It always starts at the beginning of the dungeon with half your puzzles done. And if you leave it for like a couple of days or a week, you can come into that temple and be like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. But then the Shadow Temple is easy compared to... it's, It's easier to visualize the layout like you were saying. Uh, other than that, I have played a ti- uh, a little bit of Uncharted 4 as well. Um, so that's, I don't know, it's, it's fun, I guess. I always have this weird, like, um, I don't know, I, I kind of in- I enjoy playing the Uncharted games to a degree, but there's always like a niggling, I don't know, something about them that just puts me off really slightly. Like, I, I, think I played it's because- the first one. Sorry? Uh, I played the first one, and I really liked that one. Mm. I don't know. I think it's because, like, it's basically just a third-person shooter, but yeah. you always feel like it shouldn't be. Like, I always feel it shouldn't be, like, it should be more like Tomb Raider or something, but it's basically Gears of War. That's, I don't know, it's just, like, the I... dynamic between the adventuring thing and the, um like, just basically being a shooter is what throws me, I think. I... I never got that sense. Uh, I mean, it is, it is a, a shooter in parts, and um, I say the, it's only a shooter because the the platforming and like any other gameplay is basically like there's no real challenge to it. There's one path through the game. The, yeah. the climbing and the platforming is dubbed down to be really easy. It's harder to yeah. fail unless you sort of jump off at a, a wide angle. Like sometimes you just run and jump and. Nathan will just automatically grab the the ledge in yeah. front of you, even though it looks like he's gonna 
not make the distance. I mean, there was a couple of times where it was kind of tough, but I, for the most part, I would agree with that. Mm. But um, I, I guess what I liked more about Uncharted than anything was the presentation. And, and yeah, uh, some of the platforming stuff was pretty easy, um, but it kind of fit into the game. I, I see Uncharted and I see Gears of War and like, just in terms of, um, you know, surroundings and stuff like that, it's like night and day to me. Mm. But um, I, I can see that, you know, just a lot of the game has you shooting stuff and um, that sometimes isn't my thing. I mean, I, I, I can play Halo and, and games like that and be okay, but yeah. I want to do good, good online, but um, I, I can deal with it as long as it's, like, presented in a different way that doesn't, like, turn me off. And Uncharted, for the most part, the, the first one at least, because that's the one I beat. Mm. Um, the, the first one was really good. I, I like the story. I like the, the characters. And, um, I actually played the I, first one recently before I got 4 as well. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, 4's got a, like, the pacing in 4 is a lot better, I think, and th- yeah. there's not quite as much like um firefight after firefight so far like it is broken up pretty well yeah um i'm not saying it's like perfect or anything but i I really liked it um and then i i played tomb raider and it's kind of like the same thing and i I played tomb raider first before i played uncharted Mm. it's kind of funny because you know the new tomb raider reboot borrowed a lot from uncharted It, it was funny seeing that yeah, comparison, in, I guess. in the first Tomb Raider, though, um, like, it is a lot like Uncharted, but it does have a little bit more of, a, like, a non-linear aspect to it. Like, you get yeah. dropped into these sort of open areas, and you've got to sort of head towards, you know, head towards the path, but you can sort of just go off to the side or, you know, explore it more. Uh, I kind of like linear... St- I mean, in certain cases, mm. I mean... I know a lot of people complained about, you know, for example, Final Fantasy Thirteen was kind of linear. It was very linear, actually. Except for, like, the last part of the game where you're in a field or whatever. Mm. Um, because one of my problems is I can get lost very easily if I'm not, if I don't know exactly where I'm going and sometimes I just want to play a game and, like, know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. And in Uncharted, I always got that feeling, so that's why I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, if there's games out there that are more open space, I can get lost pretty easily and I get kind of bored after a while and yeah. just move on to other things. Mm-hmm. So, so I kind of like linear games in a sense, but I, I can see why people would complain too. Well, yeah, number, number four is quite good. I've played all of them now and, you know, I do like them and stuff, but I don't know. Number, yeah, number four is probably... My, number four is probably... You know, like I said, I think the pacing in the story seems quite well done. Like, the Naughty Dog are really good at the whole cinematic sort of stuff. Yeah. So Now, does this one really good. just suddenly have fucking zombies? Because that's what happened to me and I haven't got to that one, part yet. And I was not okay with I, it. Well. I assume that it will. <laughs> Do two and three like, have zombies it, randomly? Yeah. Just at some point, there's zombies? All of them have done it. Really? Yeah, I remember there was a part towards the end of our entire where there were zombies. Or something like zombies. Yeah, they, were, they just came out people. of nowhere. They were like weird. Um, have you seen the movie The Descent? No. No. 
it's like a horror movie and there's like subterranean um sort of creatures that can't see but it, it reminded me of those it was like this weird creepy like um humans that are like devolved into these weird monster things but anyway so really they all have zombies because people keep telling me that like oh i don't remember zombies oh yeah i guess that one they're not exactly zombies. zombies they're always something different but it's some supernatural enemy that pops up in the last like section of the game and you gotta like fend them off all the time basically oh, gosh that sounds terrifying <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we'll take a short break and we'll be back with a listener mail question. So we're going to jump into one listener mail question before we move on to uh, sort of the a main topic for this episode. Uh, Brian, would you like to read the question? Sure. So let's see. It's from Zach Gruber 6 saying, Hi guys, love the show. My question is about the doom and gloom that has been festering online ever since Nintendo announced its E3 plans. Certainly it doesn't look like there is going to be a whole lot of first-party stuff coming by the end of the year. What about third-party games? Isn't it true that indie developers fit the definition of a third-party? Why, why do gamers always forget about these smaller, often more enjoyable experiences that seem to never stop hitting the 3DS and Wii U eShop? Is it because we're just naturally pe- pessimistic? For my part, I recently picked up the Humble Friends of, Nite- the Humble Friends of Nintendo Bundle. I feel like all these games on top of content in Star Fox I still need to see, along with a few games from my backlog, will keep me more than busy for the summer and into the fall. Uh, let's see, I lost my spot. Isn't that all that matters? Do gamers personally personify an unjustified sense of entitlement when it comes to industry stuff? That industry stuff doesn't go the way that they want. Do you agree that with me that indies should stop being overlooked when we have the tired conversation about how Nintendo has no third parties. Do a barrel roll. That's what he finishes off with. Well, first, I think that we should all do a barrel roll. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that indies are really hit and miss. Like, there are some great indie games out there, um, but there are some awful indie games out there. Um, So it's hard to just, like, say like oh i love all indie games just like it's hard to say that you love all video games because not everything is up your alley or even very good Uh, but one of the biggest problems for indies is that they don't have like real marketing budgets they do a lot of like uh, 
social media stuff or trying to get people to review their games and stuff. And that's kind of where they get their attention. Uh, but the big third parties have money and they partner with um, like Sony and Microsoft to do a lot of advertising. And Nintendo almost never advertises third party games, which I think is a big Nintendo problem. Um, like you'll see a big ad for like, I don't know, like Overwatch. And then at the end it'll have a little teaser for a system, you know? Yeah. Like it'll be like, play this. You, see, on this you almost game. never see Nintendo doing that. Nintendo never does that. They only do it for their own yeah. systems, and they have this guy who's like, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U is great fun for you and all the other 12-year-olds in the commercial. And it's like, come on, Nintendo. Like, you know that no 12-year-olds are playing Super Smash Brothers, and it's like 20 and 30-year-olds. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is aimed towards that um, demographic, though. But they, they always aim towards that. They have terrible aim. They miss. Look at us, grown men playing Pokemon. <laughs> I think with the yeah. like when people sort of get upset about Nintendo third party support and sort of don't really acknowledge the indies. Um, you know, like indie stuff is generally quite small scale. Um, you know, there might be some really high quality games, like Adam was saying, but you know, people still want those bigger bigger games like high profile games to come to Nintendo systems and we haven't been getting them so i think that's where the, you know the, the complaints about Nintendo third party come from like indies you know yeah they don't really have the the profile like the high profile games really like what's the most successful indie game on Nintendo Shovel Knight um probably Maybe Shovel Knight, maybe it's those up there. crappy Shantae games. Mm. <laughs> I'm not a fan of those. But that's fine <laughs> that they're there, they they get people excited, I guess. Like, I would really like to see Nintendo get behind um, Ukulele for, um, from the Platonic guys. That, you know, they, they did a Kickstarter and it's coming to a bunch of systems, but I think Nintendo would be wise to, like, I don't know, help them out with getting a physical disc out or something, just to I mean, it's a high-quality 3D platformer, it seems, so even if it you know, try and get it ready for NX launch or something, I, I don't know. They're just, they're so, like, I don't want to say self-centered, like they're, like, children or something, but they kind of are. You know, if you watch, like, their sizzle reel at the end of their presentations, it'll be, like, all the third-party games, and that'll be all the coverage that they show. Uh, but they just, they focus so much on their first party stuff. And then no one else wants to market their stuff on Wii U. That it's hard for anyone to even think, like for the, a long time, the Wii U was getting the big AAA games. Like it had two Assassin's Creed games. It had, um, I think two Call of Duty games, maybe three. Like it was getting the big third party games, but. But, but the problem is, is that those games didn't sell. And they didn't sell so, because they weren't marketed. Nintendo didn't mention that they had them ever. Uh, every commercial that you saw for them either said Xbox or PlayStation at the end. There was never a single one that yeah. said Wii U at the end. True. So everyone just gave up trying. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's it's both because of the lack of sales. I, I, I mean, I, I just keep thinking of Watch Dogs and 
how everybody wanted Watch Dogs out for Wii U because it, I think it got delayed for like a year or, or so, uh, it was a very long time before we got the Wii U version of Watch Dogs. And it sold very poorly, even though there was like a big, well, why aren't you releasing it type of thing. Um, I, I mean, um, it's, it, it isn't a lot of Nintendo. It's, it, they've kind of been skittish on third parties for years and, um, it, I, I, it's dated back to, you know, post Super Nintendo. I, I, I mean, I, I remember, um, there's a, a lack of third party games on N64. I mean, there were, uh, N64 third party games, but it was noticeably smaller than Super Nintendo and kind of the same thing with GameCube, although it was a little bit more populated on, on the GameCube and then the Wii. I, I mean, there's a bunch of games on the Wii. I mean, that that was um one of the most popular systems of all time. So yeah, but that, that did have a lot of third party stuff. Um, but did any of Wii that third party stuff on Wii sell well, or was any of it ever marketed by Nintendo? I don't remember. I don't think. I think there was like maybe a few key ones, but not like a lot. It, I mean, whenever you see an E3 presentation by Nintendo, the focus is always Nintendo and. There's like a reel for third-party games. Yeah, they don't... And that should change. I, I do agree with that. I mean, there should be more than just, you know, a reel at the end of the show. It, it should be more, yeah. you know, here's a great third-party game by, you know, so-and-so. And, and I mean, they, they do that on occasion, but it's not frequent. It's not consistent. Yeah, they always say that they just put out consoles so that they have somewhere to put their software. But if they can't sell those... Mm-hmm consoles then they won't have anywhere to put their software so they should try and show off other people's software that they shouldn't be looking at their own third parties as competition yeah i i mean i was, I was hearing recently that um I, I will not forget the conference but um there's some sort of indie conference coming up i forget like the exact name but i, I don't think nintendo's like going to have a presence there and and my feeling is like, you know, we, we've missed out on even a lot of indie games because Nintendo has kind of been skittish on, on indie games. They haven't like fully embraced it. I mean, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of indie games on the ten, on the Wii U and, and on the 3DS, but it isn't like to the level of PS3 or, or Steam or systems like that. And I feel, and I feel like that's going to be like the big thing on the NX and, and in future systems because, I, I mean, as we see AAA development go, AAA development go right now. I mean, it's it's decreasing. It's very limited, and um, you, you know, it's third party games are getting uh, more costlier to produce. It's it's um, being very focused. It's not abundant as it was in the last generation. So. Uh, indie games are on the rise. I think that's going to be where a lot of games go out on. That's going to be a lot of games um, people are going to play. So, I mean, the, the thing you need to do right now is to embrace these indie developers and not necessarily, like, create... And the, 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 the NX needs to be, be um, friendlier towards indie developers. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, because... Uh, at this point, you, you kind of need to. Nick, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think Nintendo on the Wii U, they have been a bit more open to indies, you know, because they've they've had to, basically. I mean, they don't have the big publishers behind them as much these days, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to... Like, in, like, the indie sort of games, like, haven't gone, like, bigger. Like, there's indies that are out there and they're just, you know, they haven't really gone out and made sort of a bit bigger games or they're all, like, 2D platformers or 2D whatever. Like, maybe Nintendo needs to, would have to be more, more hands-on, like, you know, like, help these developers, like, get a, another step up on the ladder, basically, and... So they can do more, more complex games or and stuff like that. Yeah. But. I, I just remember when the PlayStation first launched, um, Sony was very hands-on with developers. Um, they provide development kits. They, they, they provide a lot to woo people over to the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. My feeling is Nintendo needs to do that with, um, th- with not only third-party developers, but indie developers. They really need to go... Look, if you want to do your game, you should do it on the NX because you can do this. Yeah. That's what they should do. They, yeah, they should be doing... I don't know. They should be offering a really good incentives to come and develop for Nintendo a Nintendo system, especially early on. Like, if, if you had a strong first, you know, seven, eight months of the NX and there was, like, tons of stuff coming out and it was healthy... Um, Hopefully that would translate into being, you know, successful for the rest of that, the rest of its life cycle. But um, it feels you got to jump in early on these things, though. I guess that's what I'm saying. But yeah. Um, but what do you think about when he said he's busy enough for the summer? Do you guys feel like there's enough stuff for the summer? I mean, if you add I've in... I've always got enough stuff. I mean, I don't actually play games, like, constantly. I don't even play them like, most of the time. Yeah, I don't time, play games days. either. None of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, like, I'm pretty much immune to, like, slow release schedules because I don't really need a lot of games. Like, I've got a, a bunch of games in the backlog still, too, but... The Wii U schedule's been alright for me because I I don't really need a lot. But I guess other people are different. They burn through a game every few weeks or something, but I think a lot for people I think a lot of people are, are bummed that Zelda got delayed and there's not really like anything for Wii U in the fall aside from Paper Mario, which I mean I don't know like the overall consensus on, on Paper Mario, but I look at it and I think um, it's very much reminds me of you know the Staker Star and these kind of games. It's yeah, it not feels really like, like a like a sort of like a, almost like a spin off. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a, a true Mario. I, mean, I think of Paper Mario like Thousand Year Door and the first one, and I really like both of those. Yeah, yeah. If there's was... been like a shift, there's been a shift from that kind of storytelling towards you know there's. Not really like a whole, a whole lot of stuff going on. It's like, um, how can I put it? And people, it, it, there's more the emphasis on story and different characters and more on, well, it's Mario. It's an RPG. Just do like the least amount possible to tell a story and, mm. well, you know, just go forward. Well, there was in an, an Iwata asks where, um, they were talking about Paper Mario and they said that everyone, 
who filled out their Club Nintendo surveys for Super Paper Mario, said that they didn't like the story and that there was too much story. Um, so they just decided to not do story in Sticker Star. That's why... That's why everybody... Uh, I mean, I played Sticker Star and I lost interest very fast. But that's why Club Nintendo needed to die, because it killed Paper Mario. It did. Club Nintendo <laughs> killed Paper Mario. I mean, I can understand why in that specific case with Super Paper Mario that maybe it was too story-oriented, but that didn't mean um, you should cut out story for like the rest of the Paper Mario games. I, I mean, I mean, 2 is very memorable, or Thousand Year Door is very memorable for having a great story. And setting, oh my gosh. That yeah. like pirate port was so awesome. Yeah. And I love that you kept unlocking like more parts of the city as you went. I feel like every time I turned on that game, there was something new in that town, and I was like, oh my gosh, I get to go explore this corner now. <laughs> okay, I think we're I mean, getting a little off track. Yeah, we, we are off topic. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, what else is coming out this year? There's Paper Mario, there's the Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and is that it? I don't know, there's pretty much nothing. There's there's nothing to look forward to on the Wii U this year, basically. Well, no. apparently it's Tokyo a, Mirage a... Sessions is very good and very long yeah. and worth looking uh, forward I don't to. Know. Yeah. It not... doesn't appeal to me. Really? So. Oh. It has a hashtag in the name. It has <laughs> a sharp. Off it has a sharp in the name. It's a hashtag. It's a sharp. Because no. it's music, you know, sharp. Oh. Mm. Uh. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean um, yeah. I mean, I was kind of excited when you when I first that was first announced, but I look at it and it's just like, I mean, I know this appeals to a certain demographic, I guess, but it's not Fire Emblem. It doesn't look like Fire Emblem. Come on, it's to be more Fire Emblemy. No, it looks like it's, it's more like exactly like a Persona game. Yeah, it's I. It, yeah, I feel like it looks like a lot like Persona and Shin Megami Tensei and these other type of ga- like Atlas kind of RPGs. Oh, wait, have you ever played an Atlas RPG? I, I played Persona 4 on Vita. And you didn't like well, it? Persona 4 Golden. I liked it. Oh. Um, but I mean, when, when it's like it's supposed to be a Fire Emblem Persona or, you know, whatever crossover... I kind of want more Fire Emblem. <laughs> well, you'll be getting more I, I, I Fire like Emblem fi- on mobile. Yeah, this fall. Mm-hmm. I, I I like Fire Emblem more than Persona. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think we'll wrap this question up and we'll take another short break, guys. Alrighty, so we'll be back in another minute and we'll be talking a bit about... Um, you know, like, the evolution of, like, Zelda's weapon, like, weapons in Zelda, or items in Zelda, and the game evolution of gameplay over the years, so we'll be back in a minute for that segment.
we're back, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, the evolution of combat in 3D Zelda games. Um, so all three of us have pretty recently played through some Twilight Princess. Um, we're trying to figure out how combat is going to play in the new Zelda game. Because um, even though all the Zelda games kind of look the same, they each have their own combat if you kind of get down into it. Um... So, Brian, you just started Twilight Princess, um, so you don't have too many of, like, the crazy moves or anything, uh, but how does it feel mm -hmm. compared to, like, what you played of other Zelda games? A lot of it feels like Ocarina of Time. I get a lot of vibes playing that, and it, it, I think it plays, a, a, at least up to this point in, in the game, um, I'm up to, like, uh, the middle of the Forest Temple, and I cleared the, um, I got the uh, Gale Boomerang, I think it's called. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I, I've been using that, and that's different because um, there wasn't a Boomerang in uh, Ocarina of Time, which is like, that's the one Zelda game I've beaten, so uh, I'm going to like, compare everything to Ocarina of Time. So You said there wasn't uh, a Boomerang uh, in Ocarina of Time? I, no, I mean, it, it's kind of different, though. I mean, I know as Young Link, you have a Boomerang. Yeah. Um, in, uh, Twilight Princess, you're an adult and you have like a, it, it's wind mm. powered or, or whatever. So it's kind of, it's kind of different. So, um, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, um, I like it. I mean, I've, I've liked the, the gameplay so far. It reminds me of a lot of Ocarina of Time. So it kind of feels like, a, um, very familiar and I don't know. And I like that. So it, it hasn't been too bad so far. And how do you feel about the sword play? Um, like, does it feel a lot like Ocarina to you? Um, a little bit. I think it's a little bit more complicated in some aspects. Um, like to do the really. Um, I mean, there's like some buttons you have to press to do other kinds of sword slashing and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's not too difficult. It's it's. It still feels familiar in spots, but it is different in other aspects. So, yeah, there's a bit more to it. It's obviously uh, closer to Wind Waker as well, because they added, you know, tweaks in Wind Waker yeah. that passed over to Twilight Princess. Yeah, I well. think Wind Waker had the counter, and then Twilight Princess added a couple more moves on top of that later in the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that really bothered me about that game was the grass the grass is like really low to the ground and when you swing at it like the wind blows the grass away and you're like no <laughs> wind come back here i'm trying to or grass i'm trying to cut you down so i would find myself like running past grass and swinging which is cool that you can swing your sword while you're running um without stopping but then i would have to run back so i would just be running in a circle swinging my sword at the floor <laughs> um, trying to do that. And now, Nick, you beat Twilight Princess, right? Yeah, back on the Wii. Back in, you know, ten years ago, almost. <laughs> okay. Um, and do you know, to beat the game, do you have to get all the secret moves? I don't think so. I don't think you do. I think a, a bunch of the secret moves are just optional, right? Okay. Um, I don't know. I know I you can't use... remember. You use a couple of them in, like, the last couple battles. Mm. So maybe you need them, but I don't know. I, I think I got them all at the time anyway, so I never sure. really tried. But 
Now, do you like those secret moves? Yeah, yeah, they're okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, the having more options in combat, I guess, is like fun for a bit. But generally, I just stick to the tried and true, like, like just slash and double, like the the overhead jump and stuff and shield. I just stick to the basics when I'm fighting stuff in Zelda because it's much quicker just to sort of, you know, be more direct and not really worry about anything sort of more flashy. Yeah, one thing that I always do in Ocarina is I do the the backflip and then the jumping slash. Yeah, yeah. And in Twilight Princess, it was just different enough to where it didn't, like, feel the same. It's not as uh, direct. In Ocarina of Time, everything's very sharp and direct. In uh, Twilight Princess, uh, it's a little more, like, slightly more floaty, maybe, and not quite as, like, fast. Yeah. The the timing, it wasn't the exact same animations as Ocarina. And it just threw me off because I just played Majora's Mask on 3DS, and those were the same animations. So, like... I've had a lot of practice with Ocarina Link. Going back to like just Ocarina of Time, like that was the first 3D Zelda. So, had you guys you guys played 2D Zeldas before, like playing Ocarina or, or your first 3D Zelda? Uh, Ocarina was my first 3D Zelda. Um, the only Zelda game I'd played before mm-hmm. that was like a pink watch that had like six buttons on it. And it was like in some cereal oh. or something. <laughs> I don't think that like counts. With the, like with the Nintendo cereal, like it was just like the early nineties or something. I think we found it at like a garage sale or something. But it was it was oh. pink, and it had a game on it, and I thought it was cool, but huh. it got lost really fast. I mean, I played a little bit of the two D games, like each one of them, and I never like really got that far. I think the furthest I got was like. Maybe, like, I first entered the, the Dark World in um, Link to the Past, but that's, like, about it. Because, like, in comparison to the 2D games, like, in the 2D games, Link's combat was basically swipe the sword. Or, or, or remove the, the stylus. Yeah, well... <laughs> and um, in Ocarina of Time, like, it was 3D, you had a bunch of different sort of... You had a few different sword slashes. You could do, like, a horizontal slash, you could do a um, like a stab, you could do like a vertical slash, you had the backflip, you had sidesteps, you had the overhead um, jump, which did double the amount of damage to an enemy. Um, so, like, that was... going Just going from the Super Nintendo Zelda to Ocarina of Time was like a massive like, cha- like change-up. I mean, people say that the combat in Ocarina of Time is simplistic uh, these days, but even, you know, I hadn't played a 2D Zelda game before playing Ocarina of Time, but Ocarina of Time was like my first real proper 3D like adventure game that I'd played, so just learning the um, how to use the moves and walk around in a 3D environment was um, hard enough at the time. Uh, so do you think that the next Zelda, Zelda Wii U or NX, do you think it's going to be more like Twilight Princess where you unlock all those moves or do you think it's going to be like Ocarina where you just have all the moves at the beginning? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, it could go either way. I would actually prefer um, just to have all the moves available, like all your abilities available once you have the sword and stuff. Um, That's what I would prefer too. And I would prefer it to be even... I'd rather they just, like, simplify it a bit more and just, like, I don't know. Zelda, to me, isn't really about the complexity of performing the combat. It's like, I don't know, like... Just keeping your distance and op- waiting for the right opening, basically. Like, I don't think Zelda needs in-depth combat, really. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I mean, there are some aspects of Zelda gameplay that that's perfectly fine. I, I'm not going to, like... Obs- I, don't, I don't really obsess over, like, all the slashing motions that you do in um, um, Twilight Princess, for example. I, I mean, I like it more streamlined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's what I always go for. I just slash. I don't really think about like the, the manner I do it. The the, the spinning attack I, I I do like. Yeah, I like so, spin I mean, around. So I I I just watch want slash stuff and to spin attack, and I, I'm good with that. Yeah. I don't know, cause Twilight Princess, some of the moves are straight up combos, where you have to like press A and a direction, and you'll like roll behind, and if you're if you roll behind an enemy, then you can move into another attack. And if you stun them with your shield, then you can jump in the air and do a special attack. And I, I might have used all of the special moves, like, a combined, like, 30 times. But it was still fun just to randomly be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, I don't want to yeah. sit and wait for an opening. I can just hit him in the face with a shield and then jump and cut his head open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I would like it if they were optional, I guess. Or like you go through a dungeon and ins- like a a little mini dungeon, and instead of finding like uh, some rupees or a piece of heart or just you know some Zelda trope, um, you get like an extra move. Like, oh, now you can, I don't know, do a new move. Maybe you can um you can get two swords in the new Zelda game and have a shield. Oh, that would <laughs> be cool. pretty cool. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> what about two shields? The master, the master sword got uh, split into two swords. Oh, maybe that's what this game is about. Because this version got split into two versions, and you know you have to buy <laughs> buy both versions to beat it. So, so, buy both games to get the super master sword, or whatever. Exactly, and you have to scan the amiibo that comes with each game. Yep. They're different ones. There's left-handed Link amiibo and right-handed Link amiibo. <laughs> so, um, the most, you know, the biggest change to Zelda combat and uh, item usage was in Skyward Sword. Um, how did you guys like Skyward Sword? Well, I haven't played oh, it, so yeah. you guys can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the only person in the world that loves Skyward Sword. That's not true. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I really liked it. And it gets so much hate because people are just so dismissive of the motion controls. But I, I learned them pretty fast. Uh, a lot of people that didn't play a lot of Wii or didn't play a lot of games in mm-hmm. general like to do big sweeping motions and yeah, go yeah. really fast. And it, they're just little gentle yeah twitches like it's not Wii sports this is the Wii motion plus controller so mm-hmm. it can can handle those more delicate slashes 
So I, I definitely liked the sword play in that one. Um, I forget how good he is at jumping around because I love jumping around, like Z targeting and back flipping and mm. stabbing people in the face and stuff. Um, but I, I did like the motion controls. Nick, what'd you think? Uh, I mostly enjoyed it. Uh, the controls didn't really bother me that much. It just got annoying sometimes when you had, like, you just had these little little enemies that you just get in the way and you can't, like, kill them unless you sort of slash in the right direction. And whenever you do, they autom- like they switch really fast and, like, you just get electrocuted or whatever. Like, that was sort of annoying, but... I don't know, the controls were okay. I liked... I like the little touches Nintendo put in their games. Like, I like being able to slice the tree down the middle or, you know, chop the tree branches in on the different angles and that. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I felt like I couldn't cut the trees all the way down. And that mm. always bothered me. Like, if I cut it one way, I couldn't cut it another way. But I don't know if mm. I'm just misremembering. Gosh, it's weird that that game is five years old now. <laughs> Like time, time sure flies. Um, sure does. But do you guys really use items in combat? Like I know some people uh, swear yeah. by the Deku nut and stuff like that. I don't use the Deku nut really. Um, I don't, there's no point really. But uh, like just as an example, like in um, Ocarina of Time, you know, like certain enemies like the Skatalas, uh, the um, and like some of the enemies in the water temple at the clams that chase after you, um, you can just basically kill them in one shot with the hook shot. I used to use, like, it's much quicker to do it that way than to try and, yeah, you know, use your sword or whatever. Or I'll, you'd, you'd use like, you know, Din's fire or something just to quickly take out some dudes or something. I used bow and arrow a lot. Yeah. Like, as soon as I walk into the room, I'll pick everyone off with the bone arrow. And it kind of bothers me that you can't walk with the bone arrow in most of them. I mm. don't remember if you can in Skyward Sword. I think you can in Skyward Sword, actually. Which I like that. I know you can in Link's Crossbow Training, which is, mm. like, it might be the best 3D Zelda game. It's awesome. I. <laughs> 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 I don't really use the. I mean, right, right now I have the slingshot in um, uh, Twilight Princess, and I, I don't really use it. The slingshot doesn't. I mean, even kill things in that game, does it? It just stuns. It kills them. like the the bats. Yeah, it'll kill something. Like the bats. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, I, I'll use another item if it's necessary. Yeah. Like in to solve puzzles and stuff like that, but not like normally. I I don't do it. I just slash things. <laughs> You have never beaten uh, Ganondorf in Ocarina of Time with the bottle? No, I've never done nope. that. I've only ever <laughs> used reflect, the sword. In Ocarina of Time, the Ganon battle, you can he throws those lightning bolts at you, and you can yeah. reflect it back with the bottle. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> but no, I've never done that. The timing's a lot, that's, you know, obviously a lot harder, though, but it's funny. Yeah, that's really clever. Yeah. And then did Wind Waker really have anything unique? I know they had the counter where you would roll around. But did they add anything too special to the mm, series? The counter was the big thing that they added in that game. Yeah, they like to push it a lot. Mm. 
Did you guys? Which use... is basically like was criticized a little bit as like just basically like a win button. Yes, you could just automatically sort of roll under them and attack them all the time, but. It was still fun. It was always fun going, like, jumping over the top of their heads and whacking them in the head with your sword and stuff. I liked hitting them in the face with the the grappling hook. Yeah. And, like, stealing their <laughs> items. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. fun. Actually, Wind Waker also added uh, picking up enemy weapons to use as well. Yeah, and I think the only one other one that did that was Skyward Sword. Mm. I don't think you could pick anything up in Twilight Princess. Which was weird. I didn't end up doing that a lot, though, because it just sort of... I don't know, it wasn't really much point to it. It was cool. It was it so was cool. cool though. Um, well, I guess that's probably about all we can say about uh, the Zelda combat. Um, did you guys have anything else you want to add? like slashing stuff. You like slashing stuff? How, how would you want to change it, though? Like, if you just... If you could in charge of Zelda and you wanted to, um, you know, re- rework the combat, would you? What would we do instead? Um, I I would I don't know if I would change anything, but my goal would be to make it streamlined so like mm. anybody can get into it. Yeah, and then the less complicated, the better. Mm. And I would prefer where you could just slash and go through the whole game. But if you hit, like, specific combinations, like a roll, then hit, and stuff like that, then you would get just different animations that maybe did different levels of damage. Mm. Um, Just so you could beat the whole game just like an old Zelda game, but you could also, like, roll around on the floor and do backflips and kill people that way. Yeah. Would it be cool to have, like, enemies react or... Um, differently, like where you, like maybe you could like sort of focus where you hit them instead. Like maybe you could like hit their leg or something, and they'll start limping, and you know something like that. I don't know how you would direct as um, much like that. But... That could be cool. Um, I doubt they'd do that mm-hmm. because they don't really show like characters getting like actually Injured. hurt. Yeah, yeah, they just take damage. But... They just disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what happens when you die. You just Puff of smoke, evil Ganon's magic monsters. Yeah, making the combat, um, I don't know, a little more direct, I think, is is good. Like, encounters, I think encounters should be sort of timed to be over quicker, but there's more of them, maybe. So it's a lot more like the 2D Zelda games, so... Mm. You know, you still get going in the link to the past. You just enter a room and it's like seven or eight guys or enemies running around, and like you, it only takes like one or two hits to take out an enemy. But you're sort of like surrounded and running around trying to take them all out. So the 3D games generally don't do that because it's harder to sort of manage, you know, multiple enemies in a 3D space to fight them. But maybe if you could dispatch of an enemy faster than sort of standing around and sort of like working on your spacing between the enemy and stuff like you could take them out faster and quicker but there's just more of them yeah it could be nice if you had like sword upgrades too like most Zelda games you'll get like two or three different swords (coughs) um that each do like more damage but it'd be nice if you had like a 
more sword upgrades so that when you went mm. back to earlier areas like enemies that used to take two or three hits would just take one hit yeah or maybe you could break through their shields or something with a stronger sword well how do you think this would change um the the way uh the, the upcoming Zelda game is cuz you know they they've said in interviews that this is going to be a more open world kind of game yeah so how do you think the gameplay will affect you know, it, it, how will it change in an open world? Do you see it changing? No. I don't think that Nintendo knows what open world means. Uh, they've called <laughs> they've called Super Mario 64 an open world games more than once. Um, and it is not it, the open world game that we talk about. <laughs> it's not Grand Theft Auto open world, but it's kind of like the precursor to Grand Theft Auto. Kind, kind, I mean, not, not like the hub that you run around in is like interesting, but there's some cool stuff here and there. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I can agree that, I mean, Grand Theft Auto kind of like took that kind of hub and made it like something far more amazing. Mm. And I, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know if the new Zelda will be that. I, I, I mean, maybe it will. I mean, I, I I'm optimistic because the, the stuff I've seen from the new Zelda, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about it, but... Yeah, at the moment, it really feels knows. like... I don't know, it feels like Nintendo are relatively confident in this uh, this game, so it feels like they, they kind of have, have something. They kind of have to be. Yeah, but, like, I don't know, like... It's hard to explain, but I, I, there's a good feeling about going into this one, I think. I think they're really going to try and change things up a, a lot more than um, they have in the past. I mean, if their whole presentation at E3 is going to be this game, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's going to have... It's either two things. Either they don't care about E3 anymore, or this game is going to like blow away everybody's expectations. Mm. I'm sc- and I'm hoping for, for the latter. Yeah, yeah. I'm very scared that there's going to be a loot system. Because Nintendo's been kind of playing that with that with the past few Zelda games. Yeah. Like I, in Skyward Sword. I don't want that either, though. You picked up trash off the floor... Uh, Link Between Worlds, you picked up trash off the floor. Wind Waker, you picked up trash off the floor. Um, and I think that that's what they think open world might mean, is to have like enemy enemies drop items, and then you use them for side quests and shit like that. And I don't know if I Which is have funny, the time or the energy for that. Because we're talking about Nintendo's definition of what open world is. I mean... Um... Their definition of stuff is always different than what the norm is. So yeah. in terms of combat, it's, it's always kind of like that. In terms of combat, I don't know. I can't really. Until we get more information, I can't see how the combat's going to be drastically different to like Twilight Princess or something. Yeah. Um, the one, yeah. The, I guess overall, though, the thing that'd be I'd hope is um, they make this open world Zelda feel like. I don't know, make the world feel magical and make it feel sort of, like, I don't know, believable. Like, when I played Ocarina of Time as a kid, it felt like a miniature world. I know your imagination's, like, filling in the gaps, but at the time it felt like, oh, yeah, this is, like, it felt believable. Yeah. Mm. It felt alive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, that's the feeling. That's the feeling I got when I first played it. I mean, 
It, I, I didn't play it at first. I mean, I, I beat it for the first time, like, last summer. Mm. So, I, I mean, playing it for the first time, I mean, I played it and I felt like, yeah, this is an open, kind of, alive world. I, I mean, it's not like, it's not like open in comparison to what they're probably going to do for Zelda, the upcoming Zelda game, but yeah, it felt like, like, um, like alive. It felt like uh, an alive kind of community mm. kind of aspect, especially at Hyrule Castle and yeah, stuff like, like that. The, so. the characters they had in that game were really endearing and stuff too. Like you, mm-hmm. you sort of like like um, because you, it's like a the guy on the long long ranch Tal- um talon yeah you talon. he's all happy and stuff mm. in the childhood version but then you see him later on he's like been kicked out of his ranch and he's like living in like a in the in the village sort of hiding and stuff like all that sort of stuff yeah. was was kind of cool yeah and if you look at like skyward sword there was just that town in the sky yeah, which wasn't too populated, and then down on the ground there were the three areas, and they had zero people on it. Like there was like mm. one Goron, and there were there, it was really weird. Like it did not feel populated at all. And like Twilight Princess has the Kakariko Village, which has yeah. it had like two people living there before the children went there. Mm. Like how do you yeah. keep that town alive? Yeah. Yeah. So I really do hope that they focus on that as well. I hope the um the Deku the Deku's come back as a like a race again. That could be cool to have more races. Um uh, to do Zoras, yeah. uh Gorons, Deku's. Do you think what else do you think they'd add more? Um Well they have in the they past. Could. They've added the flying people and Wind Waker and um does Skyward Sword have a new one? Um, I think they did. I think I think they had little Deku people mm. in Skyward Sword. Oh, and then there were the little, um, like electric people, the little magnet people. Oh, I see it. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. those people were fun. All right, so I guess we'll wrap this one up then, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Good job, everyone. Now we yeah. know exactly what Zelda Wii U slash NX is going to be. Yep. We did it. <laughs> we have it all figured out just weeks before it's supposed to be unveiled. Exactly. Well, it won't be long until E3, so we'll know yeah. about it all soon. So. Oh my god, you're right. Wait, will we have another episode before E3? Uh, Probably, I'd imagine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah totally, guys. I know the schedule. <laughs> yep <laughs> alright well thank you everyone for listening to our wonderful show um, send us your listener mail it's connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com um, or send us things on twitter which is nick uh, which is at connectivity nwr which I also knew um, <laughs> we're also all twitter people you can find us on there somewhere um, is there anything else you guys want to add um, no, not really. No. Woo! All Thanks right. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.